and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. We we played a game and we came back to talk about it. Are we are we really the game design and analysis podcast? We're kind of cuz we don't design games on the podcast mostly. I we're mean, really we... the game design analysis podcast. Oh, now I gotta like change my spiel. I don't know if I can do that. Ooh. And edit all the other. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Go just... back and edit all of our previous thirty uh, some episodes. Thirty-five retroactively, episodes. Retroactively change the spiel. Uh, I don't even have like audacity files for a lot of them. Not a lot of them. There's like at, at one point I lost all the files. I don't know. I have no idea what happened. Um, this was like a long time ago. So I just, like, had to... I downloaded all the episodes, but I don't have Audacity I was going to say, they're files. all on SoundCloud, so yeah, yeah, yeah. download them all. I downloaded the ones that I... Like, I just don't have maybe the first, like, 10 or 15 or something. Yeah. Like I said, it was a while ago. So so those will be I, uneditable. Or, alternatively, we could also start designing games as part of the podcast, and then that would retroactively make all of those accurate. I mean, we talk about game design. Yeah, but we, we do game design analysis, but we don't do game design. Uh... All right, all right, guys, pitch me your games. We're doing this. <laughs> We're not doing this. We are, we are did, uh, too busy. We did talk about my, uh, my alternate version of um, Emily Wants to Play last time, right? Yeah. So, oh, was that yeah. last time? That was at some point, and that was good. So I think I was that while we were recording or was that like after we were recording? I think it was while we were recording. I think I think so. If I mean, I don't know, maybe someone Yeah, will, if will if tell you're us. listening to this podcast and you're like what the fuck are you talking about? Um tweet us and say like explain your idea for an alternate version of Emily's uh, Emily wants to play and I will I will totally give that spiel again. <laughs> it's good. It's a good spiel. I appreciated it. I, uh, I I found it. I accidentally opened uh, Unity on my computer yesterday because I was trying to click an icon that was next to it, uh, and I noticed that it loads up in my default like prototypes to like did you oh did you mean to open it's it's uh the, the prototype is named the little sister so it's like oh did you mean to open little sister <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> oh I should I should get back to prototyping that oh yeah that's cute hmm and, uh. All right. Well, how's uh, how's everyone doing? The past, it's been two weeks. Has it been an eventful two weeks, or has it just been two weeks? Mostly you... just been two weeks. For yeah. Me. Same. Uh, I did mm-hmm. discover um, Fandango offers a streaming service. Oh. What? Uh, yeah, and uh, they're they have like fairly cheap movies that you can like rent via them. It's like way cheaper than usually the equivalent is on um, Amazon. So, but the Amazon ones are weirdly expensive. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Last time I looked, it was like there's one movie that I was looking at, and it's not available for Prime streaming, uh, and it was like five bucks to rent, and I'm like, eh. So, which isn't I that discover- bad, but you know, I've discovered this because I've been playing that like 
insidious collectible monopoly game that the grocery stores around here do once a year oh. where like every time you go make a purchase um, you have a chance of getting like some number of these little tickets and the, there's like a paper like monopoly board and the tickets have random game pieces and if you like collect all of the pieces for one of the monopoly squares you get like free prizes and stuff Yeah. Um, so I got like five dollars off a rental on Fandango <laughs> So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll watch Moana. Jeez, I had no idea that that Fandango did that. Way to not advertise Fandango. Gosh. Well, I guess that's why they're... It's a a website that you can use to, like, look up movie times and stuff and, like, reserve tickets for movie theaters online. Oh. Um, And they also have Fandango now, which is, like, a streaming service. So... Uh, which I just found out about, which they don't advertise at all. Huh. But I guess that's why they partnered with this game thing to like, hey, let's give people free free trials on this so that they know we exist. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, I mean, that's that's a strategy. <sighs> yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't really done anything either. I've just been doing school. It's, uh... I was going to say, you've been posting your animations on Twitter. <laughs> you've been seeing yeah. all your sparkles. Yep, I I have like I have a real due on Tuesday, and I have like one more animation that I need to finish for it, which I'm just gonna do like tonight and tomorrow. Uh, it's finals week for me. I don't have as much d- to do. Yeah, you're we're you're busy. I'm we're all busy. It's it's a sad time. Um, no, I'm done. Oh, damn it! I just have I have like one one effect animation and then a couple other effect animations that I that I don't care as much about um, for another class and then like uh, all of my all of my finals that I have to do are effects work actually because then I have some like 3D effects that I have to do which isn't that big of a deal it's just rendering time <laughs> and my other final is done I just have to do a presentation tomorrow huh oh well it's good to be in you're, it's, you're getting there hang in there yeah it's good to be in the home stretch and then like i have a night class uh on thursday and then immediately i turn around and have a flight out to go visit my family for a few days at 5 a.m the next day oh, so i thanks. will be trying to sleep on the plane uh but probably not <laughs> so are you bad at sleeping on planes I mean, I I usually fall asleep, but it doesn't feel like I've slept, you know. Mm, so, yeah. Plain sleep isn't really good sleep. Fair um, enough. Yeah. How how did your finals go, Carl? Uh, pretty well. I finished up my board game. Yay! Yeah. Did you did you get to like do like a big playtest or or some kind of thing where people could could check it out? Yeah, pretty much. But like it was the same time as something else, so there was very little people there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. But like, I had people playing it all the time, so. What's uh? What was it about? Oh, it was about stacking hats onto cats. Oh, nice. I like it already. <laughs> that sounds good. I just got a I just got a card game recently uh, from from backing it on Kickstarter that's about stacking cats into pillars, about making oh. literal pillars of cats. I think oh, I've, yeah. I think I've seen caterpillar. That one. Yeah, caterpillar. Yes, caterpillar. 
lot of a lot of cat games recently. That and then and then Carl's Hat Cats and then exploding it's kittens. Called catastrophe. Catastrophe. Oh, yeah. That's great. I, I hate myself for that. <laughs> it's good though. It's good though. I appreciate it. I mean, I understand hating yourself a little bit for that, but it's good. I, I approve of cat themed board games. I, conceptually, that's a that's a that's a plus. It's a good theme. Huh. You know, you know who else is a cat? Hmm. <laughs> the main character of the game we played this time. Oh, it's the Segway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Masterful Segway. It was it was good. We did it. You did it. We all did it. Good job. Uh, yeah. We, we actually I'm actually surprised we all did it considering how busy you guys were and have been and still are in some cases. Well, but we actually I, played two weeks of I mean I played most of it before we did the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> before awesome. we started it. Yeah. I played it like one and a quarter times before we started the podcast, so before we started like our two weeks on it, so yeah. Fair if, enough. If if that yeah. hadn't happened I might not have been able to get through it. But I did. So. You guys are all ahead of the game. I only I started it at our last podcast, and I just finished it yesterday. So cool. But hey, we this is this the first time in a long time that we've all like actually finished the game. I feel like it might be maybe. Huh. Um, which it which I must say was very worth it. Um, if if you're listening no. to this podcast and you last know... time, wait, what right. did we play last time? We played uh, Valhalla. Valhalla. Oh yeah. Did we all finish it? I guess we all finished it. We didn't yeah. all get like a hundred percent or anything, but I think we all finished it. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I lied. I'm I'm dumb and full of lies. Um but Wait, what I was gonna <laughs> have we said the name of the game? Have we said Night in the Woods? Yes, Night okay. in the Woods is what we played. And if, Night in the Woods. If this is your first time listening to this podcast and you are unaware that we like relentlessly spoil the games that we talk about, um like turn the podcast off now and go play it first. Because it's a it's a game that like the the story involves a lot of twists and they're just like it's not as much fun if you know that they're coming and what they are so yeah like you know experience the narrative for yourself and then come back and listen to the podcast yes because it is an extremely narrative game uh so all right so, so night in the woods stars a cat named May who is home from college because she dropped out because it it wasn't working for her yep and she comes back to her sleepy hometown to sort of try and figure out what to do next with her life and there's some creepy mysterious things happening in this hometown and crimes and and crimes yes some of which are perpetrated by you yes uh and this is the this is the first game that we've played in a while that i have taken notes on because i have things to say about this game but uh let's Let's start with the overview. Do you wanna do you wanna lead us on that, Kelso? Yeah, uh, like narrative narrative overview. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we can do a mechanics overview as part of it. There aren't that many mechanics involved. Yeah. It's mostly like some very mild platforming in the form of just like some not actually necessary platforming to get around places, and then mostly just talking to people. And, so, and a few little, I, I guess they're mini games thrown in. Okay, yeah, so, embedded mini games. Yeah, so. You start the game off at the bus station, and 
Uh, your parents were supposed to pick you up, but they didn't. They forgot about you. <laughs> so you basically just sort of trudged, trudged from the outskirts of town, and there's a little tutorial segment where you sort of learn about your jumping and your ability to triple jump and your ability to tightrope walk on power lines, which is extremely dangerous. Um, but you're a cat, so it's okay. Exactly. Um, and then your your aunt picks you up. She, like, finds you uh, jumping around in an abandoned playground, and she's like, hey, you're not supposed to be in here because she's a police officer. And she takes you home, and your parents feel bad for having not remembered to pick you up because they thought it was the next day. Yep. Um, so it, it, the, the game follows a progression where it's based on, you know, days. So every day you have options of what you can do, uh, typically involving hanging out with your friends and getting, you know, friendship narratives. And... Yeah, it's it's got a lot in common with uh, Persona 4 in that way, where it's like, yeah. hey, you have some time today. Decide which friend you are going to spend time with. Yeah, I was actually just going to say social links. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love games with social links. Um, and talking to your parents, talking to people around town, and every day that you talk to people, you sort of learn a little more about them, and there's narrative bits that are are or are not related to the, sort of the central plot, um, things that get you achievements, things that get you little drawings in your notebook, which uh, you, you find out that... Well, it may keeps a journal, and it's mostly just little doodles. You find out that that was suggested by uh, the town doctor for her. Yes, her, her quote unquote therapist. Um, they, they imply heavily that he's like mostly just a regular doctor who doesn't really know much about therapy or mental illness in any way and is just kind of doing it because like they don't have an actual mental health professional in the town and he's not very good at it. <laughs> And he's also a dentist. Yeah, he's like the yes, town and doctor and dentist. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's sort of the overview. The, and you... Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, like, the main plot revolves around... Uh, after a few days, or well, a few, I don't know, days, weeks in town, um, there's sort of the October Harvest, harvest Festival, Harfest... Um, and well before that the first like weird thing to happen is like on your first day back you find a severed arm on oh, the yeah, sidewalk that, that too you find a <laughs> severed arm on the sidewalk yeah you're, you're eating dinner with your friends and uh, you find a severed arm on the sidewalk what, what could it mean um, and then so that's the big first big part of the mystery and then uh, the night of the harvest festival you see a shadowy figure uh, pick up pick someone up and just carry them off. And May is convinced that it's a ghost. And she goes and tells all of her friends, I saw a ghost take someone away. Uh, and your friends don't believe that it's a ghost. But they do believe that something is happening. So they help you. Because they're good friends. Yeah, and they are good friends. And they're not like gaslighting you or anything. Yeah, so, so they go and they help you sort of solve the mystery. You go to the library and you do some research. And you go to some historical to parts two, of town. Two of, th two of three locations, mm -hmm. I think. You, yeah. you, I assume that like you, nobody has to go to all of them. Yeah, I but know. I don't think it's possible. I want to know what the one I missed is, but we'll we'll talk more detail about them later. Yes, I guess because I've I've done all three over the course of my two. Okay, good. So, yeah, 
can tell me about it. Um, and then that culminates in a, a trip into the woods, and you see some some strange goings on. There's a, a shadowy group of people talking about how they're gonna kill. It sounds like one of the members of their group because he screwed up, uh, and then. There's a the whole big confrontation. Uh, and in between these segments, there are like these dream sequences where May is having these very off-putting dreams. And she speaks to what might be a god in one of her dreams. And it, it gets extremely Lovecraftian, sort of. Yeah, it in... it's gets super surreal and weird and like very cool. That's those are, The dreams are my favorite parts. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're my favorite parts, but the music and I the am, design I am of the a, dreams. Yeah, I am a sucker for... The music of the dreams is so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of, like, surrealism in games. So it's, like, it's very easy to 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 get me with the with that kind of thing, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so then there's a, yeah. big, a big confrontation, and... and you sort of figure out kind of what's happening mostly it's it's a little vague but not that vague and yeah, then there's like an evil as the as one of the later dialogue option puts it a cult of evil uncles uh, a cult of evil uh, conservative uncles conservative uncles yes a cult of <laughs> conservative uncles um uh who are like sacrificing people to a a a pit in the earth that is maybe sort of a dark god yeah um in order for the town to stay the same and prosper. Yeah, like they're they're trying to bring the jobs back by by dark sacrifices, which which is just like I so I said on Twitter like this is also the millennials game or the game for millennials yep. and it's such a like I don't want to say heavy-handed metaphor, but, like, hilariously on-the-nose metaphor that it's like, ah, yes, the old conservative generation, like, literally sacrificing people to bring back something that's, like, not even that good in the first place. Yeah, it is very, very (laughs) on-the-nose. And then... To be fair, it was probably less on-the-nose when they started development of this game, because it started, like, three years ago, and it's only in the last, like, year or so that it's become super on-the-nose. Yeah. So, either either good, good keeping of the finger on the pulse, or also maybe good future sight. Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of the themes have to do with, you know, um being stuck in a place where the economy is bad and sort of coping with a lack of jobs and how that affects people and how that affects communities. Hi, kitty. <laughs> and and sort of the general feeling of hopelessness when when there's just... when When your town has just dried up and sort of been forgotten by the rest of the world as it moves on. There's a whole thing about how there's like no cell reception at all in possible oh, springs God, the uh the poem the freaking poem that selmers writes um oh, uh, i'm gonna see if i can just find that and read it uh yeah poem night in the woods so while you're looking that's, that's basically the like the ethos of this game in a nutshell yep it's um, very good. so while you're looking for that 
if if you look for it. I guess that was sort of the the blood blood. Wow, uh, the broad strokes <laughs> plot overview. Um, so I guess I will talk a little more about the the cast of characters. There's a lot of characters, but there's only a handful or so of people who are really important. So the main cast is uh, May. Obviously, she's the main character that you control. Uh, and like we said, she's a 20-year-old cat who has dropped out of her sophomore year of high school for reasons which are not articulated until the quite close yep. to the end of the game. Did you find it? Yeah, uh, I did, but we, let's go over the characters first, and then we'll okay, cool. circle back to this. We'll circle back to it when we get to Selmer's, I guess. Um, and she's the main character of the game. She goes back to find out May, that... May is, not Selmer. Yeah, not Selmer, sorry. Um, <laughs> May goes that would back be to... a cool game. <laughs> yeah, Selmer's would be an interesting main character, too, because she's like, she's like a, a like young, divorced, single mom, question mark? Um, who's just like, yeah, super unhappy and like has also anger management. and But anyway, sorry, we're talking about May. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about May. Um, but yeah, she, she comes back to her town to find that it has simultaneously changed a lot, but also not changed at all. Or the town hasn't changed, but the people have changed, I guess. Um, her or best... vice versa. <laughs> yeah, something. One of those things. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Uh, her best friend is a fox. Or is he a wolf? He's a wolf. He's, He's a wolf. Is he? I always thought he was a fox. Yeah, because he owes. I guess so. I don't know. I Maybe. Maybe he's, he's a fox. He's orange, though. You can have, like, sandy, tawny-colored wolves, I think. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was a wolf because he owes. But maybe not. He's a wolf, anyway. or maybe he's a fox. And he's his your best name is friend. Greg. And his name is Greg, yes. Um, and he Greg's a little bit of a delinquent. Crimes. Which, yeah, Greg is always trying to get you to do crimes. Most, I mean, it's not like we're gonna go kill people. It's like harmless crimes. It's like let's go to the abandoned grocery store and steal animatronics so that I can build a robot to give to my boyfriend, sort of thing. You know, it's 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 all pretty harmless crimes or light bulb smashing. You know, um, Greg. Greg is also a little excitable. <laughs> uh, but he's usually uh, I don't, he, out of all of the cast I think he's probably the most consistently positive of, of yeah, everyone he has, he has some like self esteem issues a little mm -hmm. bit where he's like concerned that he's probably not a very good person mm -hmm. um, but, but but yeah overall he tends to have a pretty positive attitude yeah he's he seems like it. I would say that it seems like it makes him feel better to try to bring other people up, but I don't know if that's just me reading too much into the character um, or not. I don't know. Um, the next character is uh, Greg's boyfriend, Angus, who Angus is a bear, and he's quiet and kind of geeky and into computers and stuff. And... Very thoughtful. Like, he's a thinking yeah. sort of guy. Yep. Um, quiet because he's thinking. He's quiet because he's thinking, and into like skepticism there's a whole there's a whole sequence where uh and maybe i don't know if you did this part in in the part where you go to two of three places uh one place you go with angus and he tells you about why he doesn't believe in god and he tells you about his very very heart-wrenchingly sad uh you know childhood and home life um which i we can 
I'll go into that when we talk about the three places because they all have their <clears throat> story beats that you get from them. Yeah, so, he has he in that beat he articulates like uh like his general philosophy, which I actually wrote down because it's one of my favorite quotes from the game. But uh Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah we can get to that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also B, who is a, an alligator. B, short for Beatrice, who uh, she runs the hardware store in town, which her parents uh, ran together, and her dad still owns, but her mom died of cancer a couple years back. So now she's sort of stuck running the store, and basically yeah because her dad like fell apart yeah when her mom died basically her dad is not really keeping it together so she's keeping it together for both of them and she's a little impatient with may because uh one of the things she says is that uh what does she say uh you went away and stayed the same i stayed here and grew up (laughs) so she's she's consistently really impatient with May's childishness and May is really childish for most of the yeah. time and and quite naive in certain ways as mm-hmm. well yeah which I don't I don't know I don't know we can talk about that later yeah like, um, they, they have an interesting relationship because like going to college is like all Beatrice ever wanted mm-hmm. but she's been unable to to do so because she's like got all these family obligation stuff yeah um, and May went to college and from B's point of perspective just kind of threw it away and yeah. like came came back and dropped out and so like that makes B like really angry. Mhm. So they're still friends but their relationship is really strained and it's I don't know, I thought it was really rewarding to go through B's social link friendship path. Yeah. Because it's like they were yeah. friends for a long time and then they sort of got out of touch and there's bad feelings there and then you sort of put it back together and it felt pretty good yeah so those are those are your main friends and then there's germ and there's germ and there's Lori. <laughs> yeah um germ hangs out by the abandoned grocery store the uh the food donkey and he hangs out with uh, crust punks who get off as the train. opposed to the as opposed to the ham panther which is yeah. out by the highway the oh god the, some of the some of the names uh the names of stores in this are so great. This, there's like a there's a an Italian place that closes early on the game called Pastabilities, which is amazing. And then and then a taco place opens at the very end, and I don't remember what it's called. It's like it's Taco Break or something like that. Maybe I don't I don't remember. I'll, I'll I can't remember. And Night then in the woods the, shop. The convenience store where Greg works is called the the Snack Falcon. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, Angus works at the video rental place called Video Warehouse 2, and there's a conversation where he notes that he doesn't know where or if there even is a Video Warehouse 1. So if you go if you go up to the roof, there is a place, there is a sign that says Video Warehouse just on its own. It's like a little rocket ship, which but- is interesting. I thought that was on on top of the video warehouse too, or is that a different? It is, it is. But I'm wondering, like, it doesn't have the two on it, so I'm wondering if like the old shop was just like in the same spot, and then they just like rebranded it or something. Mm, maybe. That's maybe. my theory. That could be it. Um, but yeah, so so germ germ hangs out by the abandoned food donkey, and he 
stands in the parking lot and he hangs out with the the crust crust punk uh, train hoppers that get off the train, which I don't. It's it's hard to tell geographically like where the train tracks are. Because there's just a fence over there, but that's where the crusties like are. And Germ says that he lives by the train tracks, and whenever he leaves the screen, he goes in that direction. But whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can you can hang out with Germ. He's not one of your like main main friendship choices, but you you can Germ, get a journal Germ entry for him. Strikes me as that guy. Germ is that guy that like nobody invites to social gatherings, but who's always kind of there anyway. Right, like yeah. in in any group of friends, there's generally that person, and he's not like a bad person or like weird, like clingy or anything. He's just kind of weird, and you're like, oh, where did he come from? How did? Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, he he seems like like one of those people who doesn't really have like necessarily a a tight group of friends, but nobody dislikes him. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, yeah, cool, Germ can come along, that's fine. Yep. And then the other sort of ancillary friend is uh, Lori, My- Lori, Lori Myers, and she's a, a, a mouse, or perhaps a rat, and she's 15, she's a few years younger than uh, the rest of the group, and she mostly hangs out on the roof and thinks about uh, making horror movies, writing horror movies. Uh, making her own special effects, and that's like what she wants to do for a living. She wants to go to horror horror movie school, and she's she's got anxiety problems. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll you'll say things, or she'll say something and think that she said something stupid, and she'll like almost have a panic attack. Like she'll start hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, sometimes... mental mental health is sort of a recurring yeah theme. Uh, in this game. Yeah. Because uh, that's, that's also, like, May's big thing. Yeah. And so, you have, like, little side adventures. Like, with Lori, you'll go and you'll go hang out between the train tracks and you'll squish little little toys on the train tracks and she'll you'll just have a conversation. Or Germ. Uh, germ, <laughs> germ has some interesting ones. Germ has the best ones, I think. Like, I like Lori the best as a, as a character, but Germ's adventures are great. Like, Germ will take you out into the parking lot and he'll just say, look at how big the sky is. Isn't that cool? Uh, and then he takes you into an abandoned, like, sewer pipe where he has a, a sort of pet possum named Rabies, and Rabies is the trash king. Yep. <laughs> and, and he's great. Rabies can uh, open up candy bars, candy bar wrappers with his bare paws. With yep. his possum paws. That is such an odd little interlude. I love it. And then after after you get that cutscene, if you go and sit on the bridge, uh, on that screen, and if you just sit for like maybe thirty seconds, rabies like pops down and he's like hanging from the edge of the bridge, and you have a little conversation with rabies. I'll have to see if I can find that. Like a one sided awesome. conversation, yeah. That's where. I so we like to change our our Skype pictures to be like themed from the games, and mine right now is I, the journal entry. I think you get for for finding rabies a second time. <laughs> Trash King rabies. I love it. I love it. Uh, so I bet there's going to be some weird plushies of that. Yeah, I hope. 
Um, so those are your <laughs> those are your friends. There are also your parents, who you talk to quite a bit. Um, and your parents are they've they've got their own problems, and they're trying their damnedest to insulate you from their from you know their problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is specifically financial problems mm-hmm. related to the house. Yeah, where they they got a bad mortgage uh, to sort of try to help me get through college, and now their their mortgage is underwater, and they're not sure if they can pay for their house. So that becomes a thing. And your dad, who has spent his whole life working in factories who can no longer work at a factory because there are no longer factories. So he works in the meat department at the Ham Panther. And he never really says it until the very end, but he really doesn't like the work. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, he, what, what does he say? He says they don't, they don't respect you for, for working. Yeah. There's, there's no sense of like accomplishment. Which yeah. I understand in, in some and, sense, like working retail. I feel it. <laughs> as a sort of like... Uh, interjection um, the the like capturing of like what's happening to small town America in this game is like spot on yeah um, it's just like having grown up in like a rural town in Pennsylvania and going back there occasionally going back there feels exactly like this like you feel awkward that like everything there is kind of dying mm-hmm. and like it's clear that the town is past its prime and like people but people are still living their lives and doing their best and just like man I wish we didn't have such a tough time right now yeah and you're like oh my god okay why can't I just fix this for everyone yeah <laughs> I, I get awful. the same feeling from my hometown as well but it's it's funny because like the uh Scott and Bethany who did most of the writing on this game like it's it's they've said it's basically based on western Pennsylvania and that's <laughs> like they're I think they live in Pittsburgh so they Oh god yeah it's absolutely yeah, Pennsylvania so, so like it's cuz I grew up I grew up in literally a uh like a coal mining town Yeah like I was, our, I was our, gonna our, ask, our actually if the, if that like colored <laughs> colored your playthrough like the experience of Yeah it's no I mean it's I don't think anyone from my town is like really eager to have the coal industry back in quite the same way um because it's it's more of a like historical point of interest now than like a place that anyone was has been actively working yeah within recent generations but it's still this kind of idea of like you know it's it's a lot of farm country most you know most people like grow up in the town and never leave the town and, and die in the town except, you know, like any any kids who are like young and bright leave immediately mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's and it's it's kind of really sad but it's also you know, it's it's home to a lot of people and it has a lot of good things about being a small town where like, you know everybody and you're you're pretty comfortable with everybody but it's, yeah, it was very it's very much like indicative of kind of the problems of modern small town America. Yeah. And I, I, I feel it too. Like my, my hometown was mostly agriculture, uh, except for uh, a period of time in, I want to say the 1920s where my hometown was the biggest manufacturer of buttons of like shirt (laughs) buttons in the world. Um, I want to say something like 
and this is like an old statistic that I I don't know the veracity of it. It's been a long time since I've heard it. But I want to say something like 80% of the pearl buttons in the whole fucking world came from my hometown. Because it's yep. right on the Mississippi and they would like dredge the clams out from, from the river. Mm. And they would punch buttons out of the clams. And that was what my hometown was for for a yep. long time. And that is all that's gone now. Such a, that's such a weird fact that I will like remember forever now. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 strange and it's everything it's strange. is pearl themed. Like it's the... strange how like every small town in the US is like different and yet exactly that sort of story. Yeah. Right? There's like the one weird industry that this town had that like carried it for a long time and now that like factory work is not as much a thing in the US anymore, like mm-hmm. these towns are just kind of going going quiet and going dead. Yeah, everybody just wants their goddamn plastic synthetic material buttons. <laughs> also, yeah, probably exactly. the clams got overfished. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm gonna like... like extend the area because I think this is like pretty much all over the world. Yeah. In like small communities. Probably. Yeah. Is it is it also happening? I guess like it's a it's a you know the modern equivalent of industrialization, right? Where like all the farm jobs went away. It's like now everything's becoming digitized. All of the like, f- you know, all the factory labor is done by robots, and so all of the the old like, you know, communities that thrived on one one type of labor are just drying right up. Yep. Yep. It's a little scary in a weird way. It has a certain horror element element to it on its own because there's sort of nothing that can be done about it mm-hmm. except apparently sacrificing to dark gods. Yeah. Or maybe we should start trying that. <laughs> or I mean I I keep seeing people, you know, positing the idea that uh, working for a living is irrelevant these days because so much of it is getting turned over to automation that we should just institute a universal basic income and and call it a day. But that, I mean, I I like the idea, but man, that's a that's a tough sell to yeah. most people. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh yeah I've seen I've seen you and I probably watched the same YouTube video on that. I'm imagining. Um, or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, there's only so much labor in the world and most of it is more like more accurately and cheaply and uh, efficiently done by robots than humans. So eventually like there's going to be nothing for us to do, which should be a good thing, but we don't really have a system in place to support. Yeah. So... (laughs) Or, or even, you know, even the idea of labor being unskilled. I, I don't remember what company it was. I think it was an auto manufacturer. But now they're requiring people to have, like, four years of college and maybe even some post-grad just for a factory job. Because most of the factory work is overseeing robotics. Yeah. So, like, the idea of unskilled labor even is going away sort of slowly uh economics podcast welcome to the feedback yeah so this this these sort of like these these kind of topics related to the sort of like underlying existential dread 
of this like this kind of thinking is basically what this game is about. Yeah. This game is about the sort of like existential dread of obsolescence. Mhm. And I I feel like there was uh, a not insignificant number of complaints where people said like, "Oh, the ending comes out of left field. Why are there why are there old gods and shit?" But the that cosmic horror is always there. Mm-hmm. It's just in a more relatable form until you get to the old gods. Yep. So, so um, I, I've sort of like hijacked. We were talking about characters. I don't know if we want to keep finish talking about that before we get into like the existential or the the like sort of Cthulian horror stuff. I mean, we talked about most of. I guess the only ones that I can think of otherwise off the top of my head are uh, Bruce, who is a homeless guy who lives by the church. Uh, the pastor of the church, uh, Pastor Kate, who is trying to convince the city council to give her clearance to use the church, part of the church at least, as like a homeless shelter, and they're not having it because they they don't want no dirty homeless people like driving away business in their town. And Pastor Kate's like, nobody goes like, yeah, this what church, business? <laughs> this church is too big. For the population of the town. This church was built when the town was booming, and now it is not, and we have all this empty space. Please let me use it. Uh, and so there's there's the frustration there. There's also, you know, beyond the economic frustration, there's also uh, a lot of a lot to do with uh, religion and what religion means to people and what yeah. the idea of faith is and what the idea of, you know, what is God? Does God care? Did we just yeah. make God up? Yeah, it's like like economic woes, like religious ins- and faith insecurity, uh, and like um, it, th- this is why this is like the millennial game. It's like these are all the like mental health issues. Like mm-hmm. these are all the topics that millennials care about. Yep. Um, but yeah, so there's also um, there's like there's a handful of characters. There's a janitor who may or may not be God. Yeah. Um, who like shows up in the beginning and end and like one part in the middle. And, and um, seems I mean, be... there's no real reason for him to be God more than like he's not telling much about anything. He, he shows up in moments of like narrative import in ways that are kind of suspicious. Uh, I mean, and he knows who May is without being street, told. If you met that guy in the street, you would you would not think he's God. No, but I I feel like this is kind of a narrative trope to have that like one side character that you mostly ignore who's actually turns out to be something sort of mystical. Yeah, totally. So I, I feel like he plays into that trope. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Selmers. There's, yeah, we talked about Selmers a little bit. She's a dissatisfied townie who uh, who like writes poetry as an outlet. Yeah, she she was married, and her husband cheated on her, and I think she I think she like might have assaulted him. I don't remember exactly. Um, and she what else? Like she has anger management issues, and she spent some time in rehab. Um, yeah, you know, just like has had kind of a shitty life, but is doing her best and seems like a genuinely cool person, and and writes poetry as part of her, you know coping with with her emotions and most of her poetry is very bad but then but then in one scene she has a poem that is amazing 
Yeah, so this is a uh, you go you go to the library and there's like a meeting of the local poet society and so this it's called there's no reception in Possum Springs and I have this on video so I'm gonna try and read it keeping up with her. Um, so let's see, no reception here. I wave my black phone in the air like a flare, like a prayer, but no reception. I read on the internet, baby face boy billionaire. Phone app sold, made more money in one day than my family over 100 generations, more than my whole world ever has. World where house buying jobs became rent paying jobs, became living with family jobs. Boy billionaires, money is access, access to politicians waiting for us to die, lead in our water, alcohol and painkillers. Replace my job with an app, replace my dreams of a house and a yard with a couch in the basement. The future is yours. Forced 24-7 entrepreneurs. I just want a paycheck and my own life. I'm on a couch in the basement, there in the house in the yard. Some night I will catch a bus out to the West Coast and burn their Silicon City to the ground. And it's like, and B's response is, holy shit. And it's yep. kind of like, yeah, holy shit. Yep, that was my response too. Selmers. Yep. Tell it like it is. For sure. Yeah. Uh, also the guy on Summers's roof. There's like your oh, yeah. uh, your uh, science professor with Mr. a telescope, Mr. Chazikov. Uh, yeah, Mr. Chazikov. Who it seems like he's uh, he like immigrated at some point in his life from some Eastern European country. Yeah, that seems to be implication. Yes, um, and, and helps you find stars. He has like a telescope. Yeah, and there's a little a little telescope mini game. Uh. And those are those are optional, but but cool because yeah. you know they also. Uh, I, they... I have a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they show up in the dream sequences if you haven't watched them? Uh, Do anyone know? Uh, I don't know. I, I actually I, don't know. I found all of them all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, no same. Idea. So we're just too thorough. My gosh. Yep. Um, uh, yes. So the, uh, I think that's all the characters that are basically relevant. We'll probably think of others later and go like, oh man, we forgot about such and such. There's the two guys in front of the bar who always talk about sports and yeah. like clearly want to have a deeper conversation with each other, but never kind of get around to it. Yeah. And then one of them, one of them like moves out. And they're like, one one last time, go smelters. <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah, he like on on one of the later days, like one of the very last days, he's like, yeah, well, I'm moving tomorrow, like shipping out. He got a job in some other town, so he's so oh, he's moving. Oh, I must have missed that one. I thought I because he I just like saw him one day, and then I came back after the end of the game, and he was gone. I thought maybe he had been one of the cultists who got killed. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he just he got another job, apparently. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there's there's like in the in the latter half of the game, there's two musicians. There's a guy playing the violin on the roof, and then there's a lady, or maybe it's a guy. I it sometimes it's like the character designs are sort of gender ambiguous. Um, uh, who is playing a saxophone in an old abandoned auditorium building that you can only get to by like jumping on the roof, and you can convince them to like meet up and they'll start playing together in the in the not subway uh in the underground trolley station which is just like a cute little thing nice i did not know that one i didn't find the saxophone person i only found the uh 
the violin person. Oh so. yeah, I spent a lot of time jumping around on the roof, roofs of buildings, because <laughs> uh, that was fun, and I liked I liked hunting for things. So, I yes. my my first playthrough of the game was. I remember seeing someone tweeting about how, or how one of the developers was saying how it ranges from like six hours to twelve plus for a first playthrough, and mine was definitely twelve plus because yeah. I just I wanted all that dialogue, man. I wanted to talk to everybody, and I and yeah. I did. If you're if you're very business like about it and just trying to like see, you know, just like trying to do the main story, it's pretty like it's pretty fast. It's it's not that long a game, but there's, like, so much other stuff to do in the city and, like, people to meet mm-hmm. and see that uh, that I think it's really, um, you know, like, and, and there's, there's, there's a, like, it's satisfying to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that can, like, add to your time a lot. Yeah, if you're trying I to mean, go. I felt like I was rushing the game, kinda, but I played this, like, 11 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what did it, what did my final time end up being here? Let me check it out. Ten. Ten for me. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and it's you know, a lot of the other a lot of the main story content like isn't necessary at all. It's just mm-hmm. interesting. And you can really do as much or as little as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever whatever blows your skirt up, makes you feel happy. Uh, so... Alright, so let's let's talk sort of existential horror. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. So the like the central conflict is that like May, as it turns out, has um, been having some mental health issues where she has like dissociative episodes mm-hmm. where she stops seeing the world as like having meaning and just starts seeing it as shapes. Um, and it's it's sort of linked in a way that is is kind of ambiguous to like maybe it's the related to this old god that the cult has been sacrificing to or maybe she's just like got some issues that really she could she should seek help for or that she's she could should seek competent help for <laughs> yeah competent help for yeah um and so like a lot of the themes of the game revolve around that because like that's what the the final com- confrontation is about you know meeting this cult down in the mines um and there's all this stuff about like things that are familiar like changing in really subtle ways that make them very not familiar Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like this whole question of religion and where does that fit into it Um, and my one of my favorite quotes uh, from the game comes from we were talking before about when you go up to the um, the woods with Angus and he's explaining like his his skepticism and his beliefs about the universe uh, and he says, I believe in a universe that doesn't care and people that do. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a good kind of summary of the game, right? Like, the universe is this big, vast, scary, uncaring thing. But, like, being able to form close relationships with people is what kind of makes it meaningful. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what the game is about, right? Like, the game has this vast existential horror part to it. But, in div- like, in a small day-to-day sense, most of the game is about hanging out with friends and, like, trying to work on your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like, this is really great. It's, like, that's a great design, uh, design and narration um, synthesis there. Yeah, and it... it the, Maybe. 
<laughs> and it, it goes into the tagline of the game, which is, uh, at the end of everything, hold on to anything. Which is a great tagline. <laughs> Just on its own. Even without I mean, the game. <laughs> the only problem I have with that is that I could not give a shit about, like, the main narrative. The the existential horror one, or the, the characters? The, ex- the existential horror, and, like, all the cult, and the mine, and... Everything well, that's sort, that of the, happened. that's sort of the point, right? Is because that's the part that's not actually important. That's the part that seems big and important, but in the end is like not what's that interesting about the game. Yeah, I, you're right, but I still had to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. And I gotta say, for me, that part was actually really satisfying because, like I said, I like the surrealism elements of stuff. So I liked the payoff of, like, these, there's these freaky dreams, and then there's this weird, weird cult. And you sort of accidentally murder all of them in the end. I mean, you sort of accidentally murder them. So what happens is you go into the cave, and there's a big confrontation, and they tell you, like, what they're doing, because all, all of them are getting old, and they're trying to bring new blood into their organization. Um, and then they, you find out, maybe we should have mentioned this, there's there's another member of the group, a guy named Casey, who went missing while May was away at school, and it's just assumed that he hopped a train and left. Uh, but then you find out that these cultists killed him, because, yeah. like, they offered him as a sacrifice, because uh, apparently he was, like, selling drugs, and they're like, he wasn't, like, we only kill people who aren't gonna go anywhere in life, who are just gonna end up dead or in jail anyway. So we we killed him, we offered him as a sacrifice because his life was clearly shit. It's clearly a dead end. Yeah. He's clearly worthless. Like... So so then you find out that he killed your other best friend and you're like, why the fuck are we gonna join you? So then you you know, you escape from the cave. Yeah, they they actually let you go because they're like, hey, you know, think about our offer mm-hmm. and just so you know, we know who all of you are, and you don't know who any of us are. So, like, be careful who you talk to in the, in the re- out in the real world. Yeah. Which is, like, a legit threat. That, yeah, that is a super legit threat. Uh, and then one of them, you, you go back up an old elevator, and one of them does end up, like, chasing you because Greg shoots him with a crossbow, and he's real, real upset about it. Uh, and then uh, the, you the elevator like falls or you you make the elevator go back down while the guy is halfway hanging yep. out it so he's just dead and yeah then you basically destroy the elevator where that he's trying to get out of to get to you uh-huh and you cause a cave-in so you find another way out which happens to be through a well that ends up in germ's backyard and in the conversation with germ he's like they're like well we gotta like we should probably seal off this well because there's some bad shit down there. And Germ's like, well, I can get some dynamite. You just throw some dynamite <laughs> down there. I'm like, Germ, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, okay, Germ. Yeah. Uh, man, cross His name is actually Jeremy, but yeah. everyone calls him Germ. Yeah. I mean, that, and yeah, that goes into crust punks. I, it's <laughs> one of the things that I see, um, Scott Benson mentioned on Twitter is like how people don't know about crust punks. Which is, I certainly don't. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's, I mean, I hung out with a lot of crust punks when I lived in Denver. And it's basically just, like, people who, a lot of them are, like, train hoppers, a lot of them are squatters. And they just sort of form their own little communities. So, like, hobos? Basically, like, the the ancient version of hobos? <laughs> They're kind of hobos, but also kind of not. 
Like, I, I knew a lot of people who, like, they would pick an old house with cheap rent, and then, like, 20 of them would just move into the house, and they would throw, like, wild-ass parties and have house shows and stuff. Um, and then <laughs> sometimes, like, a guy I know named Tony, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna... I'm just gonna get on a train for the summer, and I'm gonna go down to, like, Texas or something, and I'm just gonna pick crops, and then I'm gonna come back to Denver. And he did, and he, like, got super jacked while he was picking crops. So it's just... it's. <laughs> I don't know, it's almost like they sort of live outside of the traditional system in mm-hmm. in sort of a vaguely vaguely anarchist way. Um, you know, so... And a lot of, you know, they're, like, mostly punk kids. So, um, I forgot where I was going with this. But yeah, Germ. Germ, I guess, is, like, one of oh, those Oh, no, guys. we were talking about, we were talking about Germ uh, having dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Germ, Germ, like, agrees to, like, seal off the thing, and then as you're walking away, you're like, uh, you know, basically we just killed those guys, because, like, they're probably not able to get past the cave-in, and if they were, they're probably not able to get up the well the way that we did, and if they were, they're probably not, like, they're not gonna be able to get out of the well after it gets sealed up, so they're pretty much gonna starve to death down there. Or suffocate, yeah. Or suffocate. So... Yep, it's it's really no one gives a shit. Yeah, it's and really glossy. And he's like, he's like, it's morally ambiguous. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, we wouldn't have killed them if if we could have avoided it, right, guys? And so. Angus is like, I would have. Yeah, good old Angus. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. Okay. I, guess... I have I have like tons more I can I can talk about if. Uh, if we've exhausted that, we can we can keep talking about uh, existential horror, or we could talk about the like individual. I'm gonna keep calling them social links, like the individual friend. Yeah, let's let's friend go parts. through the, the different friendship stories because those were kind of interesting. Um, and it's hard to see all of the. I think it might be impossible to see all of them in one playthrough. Yeah. Because a lot of times, just like you know, as we com- I compared it before to Persona Four, you are asked to like make decisions to choose like hanging out with one person over hanging out with someone else so you can see you know you can see a story with B or you can see a story with Greg and there's a part where you can you can go investigate leads with B or Greg or Angus and you get two of them but not not all three Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to decide who it is that you want to get really close to yeah I think so each each like hangout there's three hangouts hangout like slots uh and you can go with either b or greg um and whoever you do more of so you can do all of them with greg you can do all of them with b you can do two with b one with greg whatever and whoever you do more of then you get a special scene not a special scene you get like the fourth hangout depending on who you hung out with more and then the the investigations are sort of not related but there's probably like a difference yeah. in dialogue depending on who you've hung out with more. Yeah. Uh, so I think I got bees um, because so it, it's kind of an interesting choice that they ask you to make um, because at least from my perception, it seemed like B is the one who is the better influence on you because she's like very like reasonable and calm and um, like mature compared to May. I wouldn't, but Greg... I wouldn't necessarily say that she's 
super reasonable all the time though she is really That's prone true. to like snapping at at may yeah she, and can, she her, can be yeah. kind of angry but, for sure but yeah but she like she like stops you from shoplifting um and yeah. things like that uh whereas greg is opposite greg kind of uh encourages you to do crimes but greg also kind of needs you more because he he's sort of going through some of his own stuff and needs some support Mm-hmm. Which I think is like an interesting choice to ask you to make. Yeah. And neither of them are like entirely black and white. It's it's very well done in terms of like, um, just these feel like very real characters. Definitely. With you know real real lives and real problems and real nuance and like that's that's they're good at that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I don't know. Pick pick one to go through first. I guess. Uh, let's let's go through B first because I went you went through B and I did B first. And yeah. I did B. And you did B. Okay, so y'all did B. So uh, the first night with B, you go to the mall, which I think is in like oh. the next town over, maybe. Yeah, Fort Lucen, the yeah. Fort Lucen Mall, which is like everything else is just kind of dying. Which, again, reminds me of my hometown. We yep. we have a mall. There is fucking nothing in it, and there was yep. stuff when I was a kid, but now there is just nothing. And it's really sad. Like, there used to be a movie theater in our mall, and now there isn't even a movie theater. Like, there's another movie theater that they built across town. Uh, so I don't know what they're even doing with the mall. Um, yeah, you you walk around this uh, sort of decrepit mall, and y- you shoplift, which is one of the minigames. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, there's, it's, basically, it's hold up. And then when the shopkeeper looks at you, don't, just don't move. Like, stop moving. So it's it's basically red light, green light, um, mm-hmm. but with shoplifting. <laughs> so you, you, like, press the button to grab with the hand, and you're, like, moving the hand. It's a strange interface, but it kind of works. Yeah. Um, so you shoplift, and then you try to convince B to shoplift, and she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to do that. And then <laughs> you go back to the shopkeeper, and you're like, Look, we stole this stuff. Don't get mad. And you like give it back. Um, yep. And then you... well, B B makes you. B's yeah. like, listen, she's gonna get this shopkeeper is gonna get in trouble, and we, like we just like we don't want to create trouble for her. Like this is not a, you know she's not involved in any of this. She doesn't run the company, but she, it's gonna be her ass if they find out stuff got stolen. So you know, take it back. Also, I feel like it's worth noting that the the store that they are in and and shoplifting from is like a. Uh, hot topic analog. Yeah, straight up hot topic. Yeah. Uh, There's also a fish fountain at the mall, mm-hmm. um, which like is like a memory from their childhood. That like apparently sometimes it used to like squirt water at people in the mall, and they could like never figure out how it was doing that. And so like May goes and discovers like the control center up in the like eaves, like towards the ceiling, and so you can like. While Bee's sitting down in the food court, you can, like, splash people near her to, like, cheer her up. Yep. And it's... it's And she, like, does the voice of the fish god while <laughs> while spraying people. It's, yeah. It's cute. And then, I don't know, you probably you probably have, like, a deep conversation about how Bee is disappointed in her life. That's a lot of the conversations, is about how hardly <laughs> Bee's life is. And I'm not saying that, like... Oh, B's a fucking whiner. Like her life is, does seem extremely difficult. Yeah. Now that you say that, that's pretty much all the conversation with B. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is a it is a large I mean it's a it's basically what her character arc is, so it's uh it's a big part of the conversations. I yeah. mean it's a big part of her mind cuz she's like working all day at this hardware store that she hates and she's like really tired. And you know, yeah, cuz she's like I don't I I'm assuming she's the same age as B or as as May, so they're both like 20. Maybe maybe B's slightly older. I don't or maybe she yeah, just it seems, seems like older. It seems like they're the same age. Yeah. It seems like they maybe like were in the same grade at school or something. Yeah. So, you know, she's like 20 years old and has it had the responsibility of keeping her dad cared for because he fell asleep or fell asleep, fell apart after the death of her mother and also of running the business, the family's business basically on her own. So, yeah, she's she's got a reason. I guess to be a little, a little bitter, uh, mm-hmm. and a little stressed out. Uh, so the, the second hangout with B, you actually go on a work call with her to this old woman's house, <laughs> whose boiler needs to be repaired. Um, and you find out that she, uh, she's a widow, and for a, a an undetermined amount of time, she kept her dead husband's like mummified body in the house with her until like in the living room i think yeah like just sitting on the couch or in his chair uh until the authorities came and took the body away so this woman she's is still very upset about that yeah she's not she's like she's mad about it uh so this lady is like not all there which again ties into the idea of uh non-access to mental health yeah. resources uh, so you go and you fix her boiler and then she accidentally locks you in the basement which is also not the first time that she's locked someone in her basement accidentally yeah like B kind of knew that was coming and specifically said like hey please don't lock us in the basement okay and she's like what are you talking about that's never happened and B's like okay and then she of course locks you in the basement yeah so then uh, as May you have to beat on the boiler in the basement with a baseball bat that you find in the basement to get the lady's attention. And then there's another conversation. You go you go out to the front yard and you like gather fireflies. The fireflies for some reason are just drawn to you and you you bring them over to B to cheer her up. And it's kind of a cute scene. Yeah, you are sort of her manic pixie dream girl in a way that like doesn't entirely work because she's at least as angry with you as she is charmed. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could I could relate to that. Having one friend who's just like kind of a fuck up, but you know, they're your friend. You love them. <laughs> they they do what they can, even if they are kind of a fuck up. Yeah. Um, and then the the third day with B, you you basically just go to the grocery store with her and you help her pick out what she's making for dinner. And then you go to her apartment and like you have dinner with her and her dad. And then you get into a fight because, you know, B is, again, sort of venting about her life. And Bay's like, well, why don't you just leave? And she's like, well, it's not that simple. Like, you don't, you don't understand. And they get into a big fight because, once again, Bay just doesn't have the life perspective that, that B has gained over the course of, you know, however long May has been away. Uh... And I then, didn't get to see that scene because I, I hung out with Greg for the third one. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you go to you go to the Ham Panther and you actually you meet May's dad at the Ham Panther, uh, and there's, I mean, it's not like a big thing, but it yeah that that 
that whole hangout is actually kind of cute because it's like, what are we having for dinner? I don't know. May, pick stuff out. So you go through the shelves and you like pick out foods and you try to you try to put together like a decent meal. Uh, I, I think you could probably pick stuff that's like really gross together and and uh, B and her dad will probably be like, oh, this is something. But I don't know. I I guess I did an okay job because uh, May's dad complimented my food choosing abilities. Uh, B's so, dad, you mean? Yeah, B's dad. Sorry, they have well similar I names. Do so well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but what happened? I mean, I think they decide to. I can't remember if they decide to cook something else or like <laughs> order something. <laughs> okay, but they're not eating what you what you picked. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's that's the third, like, elective hangout day. And then the final one, which, if you've done more nights with B, then you just sort of get, like, roped into it. You don't really, you don't get to choose. Uh, is you go with B to an out-of-town party uh, in, like, the college town a couple hours away. Uh, and you find out that this is what B does to try to feel normal is she goes to these college parties and pretends to be a college student and like forget about all of the really heavy responsibilities she has to deal with. Uh, and as May, you kind of ruin it for her. Oh God, do you ruin it for yeah. her? Um, you, she's like trying to talk to a guy and you come in and start saying all of this stuff about like, what are you talking about? You're not a college student. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This is what I was, I meant when I was saying like, May is like weirdly naive in yeah. some ways. Like she clearly has no conception of how much of a horrible third wheel she's being. Yeah. Like when like, B is clearly flirting with this guy. Like May's like, oh, that's weird. She's like laughing a lot for yeah. like no reason. Why is she doing that? Yeah. It's like, it's like May. May, this is how humans interact with each other, or I guess crocodiles in this case. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, and this was sort of a recurring thing for me, like, as May, often you are given the choice between, like, several really bad decisions. Like, May makes some bad decisions, and you are unable to help her make better ones. Yeah. Um... It's like, which of these two, like, really awkward, like, terrible non-sequiturs can I say in this conversation? It's like, no, May, just leave them alone. Yeah. Let me flirt with this guy. Like, which which of these oblivious but incredibly insensitive things can I say, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So you, you screw up Bee's night, and she runs away, and you do a little platforming segment sort of through the town... And you find her by the river, and you have a heart-to-heart, and, oh, we're best friends, even well, though... except we're kind of not, because they sort of, like, they, you know, they, they acknowledge that, like, they're friends, but they also acknowledge that maybe that's just because they are friends of, like, proximity and convenience, because they grew up together, and it's like, would we have been friends if we, like, had not, like, both grown up in this tiny town? And they're like, I don't know. There's, like, no way of knowing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's It's not, like... It's not like a saccharine sort of mm-hmm. mindless feel good thing, but I, I feel like the consensus is like, well, we're friends. Yeah, like, for better whether, or for worse, yeah. we have each other. So Wh- whether or not we're friends by choice or we're friends by circumstance, we're still friends. So let's like let's make the best of it. Um, 
so that's that's those are B's friendship friendship times. Uh, Tell us about Greg, because I only saw the first one of Greg where you go knife fighting in the woods. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Was that, was that the first one? That's the only one I saw. So you like I go only knife. saw B stuff. Yeah. So the first, I have no I idea think the first one with Greg is you. Um, Wait, you you went with. You went with Greg on the third day, right? You didn't Maybe? go. You didn't do the grocery, or you didn't do the I, grocery yeah, store. Yeah, I didn't one? do the grocery. Okay, yeah. So that was that was the third Greg one. They they always ah, so play they, out in the same like slot I see, on the same day. Yeah. So it's not a matter of like there's a one, two, and three. It's a matter of like these things happen on these days, and you decide which one to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was okay. that was the third Greg one. But so we'll start with the first one. Uh, the first one is uh, crimes, where you go and you break into the abandoned uh food donkey because you he knows a guy who apparently hangs out in the abandoned food donkey and like huffs glue um <laughs> and because of course greg knows a guy like yeah. that um and it's it's a guy that like may also knows because greg mentions his name and she's like uh that guy uh and i don't remember his name he's just like kind of a a shitty skeevy dude but a tool yeah but he has access to the food donkey and he has access to these old animatronics that they used to use for like promotions and marketing and stuff. So you go there and he's like, okay, I'll give you one animatronic and you got to pick between, I think there's like a pig, there's a rabbit and a frog maybe. Um, and that's really, that's really all you do. Um, there is you go in there and you have a conversation with the guy you have to do a little bit of platforming up to like an office room to get the keys to the basement and then in the basement you pick out an animatronic and there then there's this infuriating mini game uh where you're trying to haul this piece of machinery up the steps to greg's to greg and angus's apartment um it's it's like a timing thing where uh, an arrow will pop up either up the stairs, down the stairs, or stay on the same step. Because it's like one person is grabbing the front end of the box, the other person is grabbing the back end of the box, so you have to like coordinate and move the box together. And if you don't, then Greg like falls backwards down the stairs, and he fell backwards down the stairs like four times while I was doing it, and I felt very bad. Uh, but eventually you get it up the stairs, and that's that's the end of the thing. Um, the second night, you find out why he wants to do, why he wanted to do that, and he wants to build a robot for Angus, just as like a gift for Angus. So um, the second night, you you basically are putting the robot together, and you have a conversation with Greg about how he and Angus are both like working really hard because they want to move out of town. Um, they want to move to, what is it, Bright Bright Harbor, I think, is, like, the big the big town that everyone wants to move to. Um, so they've, they've got this plan to move away from Possum Springs, and they're doing their damnedest to, like, work all the time and save money so that they can get out. Because at one point, I remember Greg saying something about how, like, we're the only queers in Possum Springs, and it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So they're they're really just trying to, you know get to a place where they can have more of their people and not feel 
like yeah, such isolated. outcasts. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then the third night is when you go, uh, you go knife fighting with Greg in the woods. <laughs> you go, you have a knife fight and you, you, you bicycle out to the woods with him first, which mm-hmm. is actually kind of a very serene segment. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a knife fighting mini game because apparently that's a thing you used to do as kids was knife fight each other. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you first so... one first one who gives up and cries loses. That was not an easy mini game either. I lost. I lost really I, bad. I, I totally won. I was oh, uh, I was an expert knife fighter. <laughs> Damn, gotta watch out for Kyla. <laughs> she's she's got. She's, she grew up on the wrong side of the tracks yeah, and had a knife fight. <laughs> um, I like that idea of, like, bicycle out to, like, a place and have a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's literally just because you're bored. You're like, eh, what should we do? And he's like, oh, I got these knives. <laughs> he's like, remember yeah. when we used to knife fight? Like, oh, I have two knives. Why do you have two knives? Oh. <laughs> want to do it and so you do yeah and is that also where you're when you like shoot his crossbow around yeah but yeah so he also has a crossbow he's got two knives and a crossbow yeah and i i didn't do that scene the first time i played the game like i did the the b dinner grocery shopping one so when greg later shows up with his crossbow in the woods in like a, a mandatory scene i was like where the fuck did he get this crossbow like i was i was shocked and impressed yeah greg just, has a hunting crossbow for the record i was just like oh he has a crossbow yeah of course <laughs> yeah, it's Greg. If Greg would do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Greg has a hunting crossbow and you can like shoot it a little bit at like some some random targets in the out in the woods. Uh yeah, when you hang out with him. He's got like one of those deer decoys, but then he also put an owl's face on it and calls it the forest god. So you mm-hmm. you shoot it you shoot at that for a while. And then you go down to the pond and there's a bird in the pond and and Greg talks about how he's been feeling kind of bad and maybe maybe he like has bipolar but it's undiagnosed or something like that because he mentions being sort of up and down yeah and worrying that maybe he's actually a bad person and and that like i mean i'm pretty sure he is (laughs) i mean he tries his best he's a he's a yeah he's a well-meaning guy like he doesn't want to hurt anybody He's just like, I yeah, kind of a delinquent, I guess. Yeah, um, he's, he's a delinquent he, who's trying to reform so that yeah. he can do well by his boyfriend. I think. And and he talks a little bit about how like like Angus had a really shitty like has a really shitty family and like he wants to be the best he can for you know for Angus's sake and it's it's kind it's a sweet scene. Yeah. Again, it's it's really well written and believable, and all of these characters, despite not being human, are extremely human. Yeah. Um, so what's his uh, bonus sequence? His bonus sequence is, uh, is similarly kind of uncomfortable as B's. Uh, what it is is you go with Greg and Angus to the Donut Wolf to get donuts, donut except the whole time uh, Greg and Angus are are fighting. Like they're they're in a bit of a rough patch 
So you're, again, the third wheel, but you're the third wheel to a, a fighting couple, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, and it, at one point, like, you get to the, the, the donut wolf, and they're arguing, so you're like, whatever, fuck this, I'm going into the bathroom. Uh, and you go into the bathroom, and you're pissed off, so you just start trashing the bathroom. And again, again with, like, the mini mini game, like, move your hand around and click on things controls. Mm-hmm. So you, like, you, like, scratch the, the mirror and, like, put scrapes in the mirror and you unroll an entire roll of toilet paper and you stuff, like, wet paper towels into the, um, the, like, hand, hand dryer, the air hand dryer. And Greg comes in and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm just wrecking up this bathroom because I can. Uh, and then you eat donuts and it's uncomfortable. And, and you know, eventually there's sort of a conversation where May calls them out for being shitty to each other. <laughs> but also kind of being shitty to her. Like, you know, everything May does is like a little bit selfish and oblivious. Yeah. But... It, you know, eventually it leads to a conversation where where uh, Greg and Angus kind of talk about what they're going through. And, you know, despite the fact that they're having a rough patch, you know, they still love each other and they want they want to, like, move out of Possum Springs and have a better life together. So that's kind of the feel good but not too feel good ending there. Yeah. The way, <laughs> so, like this game does. Yeah. Yeah. The, the believably... The believably happy ending. Yeah. Where it's not too happy. But it's 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 good enough. <laughs> the plausibly happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, those are all of the friendship routes. I guess. Uh we never talked about band practice also. Oh yeah, there's also a guitar oh, yeah. hero minigame. Yeah. Just on, on certain nights when when you don't Which, hang out with God people. Damn, I was terrible at I did okay on the first two, but the third one really kicked my ass. Um, but yeah, you go to band practice and you play bass in the band. Uh, and it's just it's just Guitar Hero, like you would expect, with mm-hmm. songs that the band wrote. And it's funny because whenever, whenever you do badly on a song, they're like, wow, that was terrible. And May just says, I literally don't know this song. Like, I've never yeah. heard this song in my life. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they've been writing all these songs. Uh while you while away. she's gone, <laughs> and those yeah. don't really have much of a consequence. They're just kind of a thing that you do with your friends. Yeah. But you it's... also have a you also have a laptop in which you can play an embedded roguelike oh, yeah, game yeah, yeah. within the game. Yeah, um, called Demon Tower, which just for shits and giggles, which also doesn't have any effect. Yeah, like it gives you a journal page. I think if you beat it, and all the all the band practices, like pretty much all of this like inconsequential side stuff, gives you journal pages. And like mm-hmm. achievements, um, it's just. I mean, I st- I started playing Demon Tower, thinking it's like three levels long. Oh no! In God game, that game is long. Yeah, it's it's very long. I played a few ep- um, episodes. It's hyper like drifter. Yeah, I. I mean, it is. It's it's a less good hyper light drifter, <laughs> but it's. I mean. I, would I mean, say, it's very much like Hyperlight. Yeah, it's, it's it's a similar sort of combat style, uh, and it's uh, you know a dungeony roguelike, uh, similar similar art style too, uh, with like the sort of pixely aesthetic. Uh, I would say that if that was a game on its own, I would be like, this isn't 
this isn't a great game. But the fact that it's just a completely optional thing that they didn't have to make for, <laughs> for this game, like, to put inside of this game, it's like, okay, yeah, that's... I respect sure. that. I respect yeah. that. Um, um, there was one more mini... Oh, there's, like, a... This is, I guess, not a mini game, but, like, there's a side quest where you can um, save some baby rats. Miracle rats! Yes. You can steal them a pretzel yep. to feed them. Yeah, if if you, you find them, like, in an abandoned parade float that you remember from your childhood that was decommissioned because I think it went out of control and... Um, yeah, and, and crushed a guy? Yeah, and, like, crushed a guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So you find this this uh, parade float and its, like, guts are hollowed out and there's a nest of rats living in there. So you, you steal pretzels from the pierogi stand and feed feed the rats and eventually the rats move out and populate the whole town and there's just little rats like populating okay. the town yeah um there's... i didn't get that far in the rats quest i fed I, I fed them on like the last day because i was trying to avoid stealing for the most part oh <laughs> yeah i didn't realize it was stealing on behalf of the rats or i probably would have done it earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah I, I think you only have to do it for like three or four days uh, and that gives you some optional dialogue with Germ. Uh, if you've done that by the time you meet Rabies, uh, Germ will ask you if you have any pets, and you'll say, "Yeah, I've got some rats back home, <laughs> or I've got some rats <laughs> back in back in town center." <laughs> um, and instead, it... you say, "My dad has this pet bird," and Germ says, "That's a garbage pet." Oh, <laughs> yeah. Germ is a little more impressed with with uh, miracle rats, and I think it gives you. Uh, in the in the post game, like the last sort of post game day of the game, uh, you can go into the food donkey, and there's just like rats all over the food donkey, and you can just sit in a room and watch the rats sort of scurry around for as long as you want, and it's kind of cute. Um, and I don't know if you have the option to go into the food donkey if you haven't haven't fed mm-hmm. your miracle rats. <laughs> Which uh, this is such a weird game, <laughs> man. I love it. I used to I used to have a pet rat, and rats are really good pets. So I I fed the crap out of those boys. Um. Well, you get you get an achievement for doing it even the first time. So I did get like I did get one thing out of it at least. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we we could talk about the investigation. Um, yeah, or I mean, is, it's... Is we, there another segue that you wanted to... Another direction? No, that's probably fine. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's sort of... A lot of it's stuff we've already talked about in terms of the story, but uh, oh, but you mean, like, the specific investigation day yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of, like, mm-hmm. the three options? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, go for it. So, with... so, this is after after you've done, like, the thing where you... Um, You've you've met like you've like hung out with your friends for three days and and gotten to the end of like one storyline or another, um, and you you've like seen the ghost and you decide that you've uh, you gotta you gotta find out what's going on with the ghost. Mm-hmm. So the the first thing you do, which is not an option, it's just it happens in every playthrough, is you go to the library with B, which is which is where you hear Selmer's awesome poem. Uh, but you go and you look through old newspaper records on the uh, microfiche, uh, looking for any any news stories that have anything to do with ghosts. Um, which you find three news stories, which then lead you to your future investigations. But there's also a whole lot of clippings about 
uh, the miners' strike, mm-hmm. and and how that was terrible. Yeah, there was an explosion that like killed. 112 miners or 120 or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, like it was perfectly avoidable it's just that like the higher ups didn't warn them about a thing that like basically un, un, uh, unsafe working conditions yeah so so then the miners uh, went on strike and the I want to say the, the national guard was called in to sort of like oh, hold yeah. the picket line and a kid like a, a small child who was not necessarily associated with the miners, like, threw a rock, and the the National Guard, like, opened fire, and a bunch of people were killed. Because, like, as a result of this strike. Um, And there's also talk of an old secret society of people who, like, were part of the strike, and they they carry around uh, teeth, like, actual human, air quotes, human teeth, as... uh, uh, like a, a symbol of their membership in this like workers group. Yeah, sort of like a like a union defenders yeah. secret society. Uh, which you can optionally uh, get your dad to move boxes in the crawl space, and there's a safe. And if you have the combination to the safe, which you see written in a book by your grandpa, uh, you you find a tooth in there, which indicates that your your grandpa was part of this group. And then you later give the tooth to your dad as like, yeah, as a, as a as a symbol to help him like stand up for rights and maybe form a union at his like grocery job. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's yeah, that's that's the newspaper investigation and the tangent that I went on about the other stuff that you find well, in the, newspaper the, investigation. I mean, the minor strike ends up being important because that's sort of like the implication is that's kind of where that that dark cult came from to mm-hmm. some extent is like people who were like tangentially involved with this or you know lost people and stuff like that yeah um so that investigation leads you to three stories that point in the direction of one of them is uh possum leap which is sort of a scenic overlook in the forest that you go to with angus there's the graveyard which you go to with b and the historical society which you go to with uh greg, greg. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did Greg and Angus. I think I, I... did B and Angus. Uh, on my first playthrough, I did Angus and then Greg, and then on my second one, I did B and then Angus. So I've done them all, but yeah. Um, pick pick your favorite. I, I liked Angus's a lot, actually, just because, like, his story is interesting and you don't really get to, to have much friendship with him otherwise. Yeah. Because you mostly just know him through Greg. Um, and and it had that awesome that awesome quote that I mentioned before, where, you know, which is, which is kind of a sweet thing for someone who has, like, been hurt a lot by people who are supposed to care about him. Um, like say the the idea that like I believe in a universe that doesn't care and people that do is a very optimistic outlook considering. Yeah, uh, when you go through Greg's not Greg Angus's you know scene at Possum Leap, you find out that his parents were horribly abusive. Like his his dad would beat the shit out of him, and his mom would lock him in the pantry, and like lock him in the pantry for like a day at a time and like wouldn't feed him and they were extremely emotionally abusive 
Uh, I think the thing he says is that his parents don't like him. Yeah. And then he goes into all this other shit, and it's like, wow, that's uh, that's a mild way of putting it. Um, and then, and then that goes into him talking about, you know, that's sort of where he developed his more skeptic mindset, because when he was locked in the pantry, he tried to develop telekinesis to unlock the door or to try to signal a neighbor for help, and it never worked, uh, which is. Uh, dark stuff. Really sad, yeah. Probably, honestly, I think probably some of the darkest stuff in the game. Uh, yeah. And, you know, cosmic horror. Even no, including all the cosmic horror, like, yeah. like uh, Greg's Greg's story is uh, pretty pretty sad. And then you know he talks about like his relationship with Greg and a- another one of my favorite quotes, which I didn't get the second time I went through the scene because I did that one both times. Uh, where he talks about, uh, he describes Greg as when you go to a party, but you don't really want to be there, so you you would rather stand in the corner. Greg is my corner, mm-hmm. and that was cute. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, so like Greg is his way of like retreating from the rest of the world to someplace safe. Yeah, which is kind of really sweet. And you do a little mini game where you you trace constellations and sort of make up stories about the constellations, which is a callback to the, uh, was it longest? They, they, so they had two, yeah, longest night. Yeah. Longest. Yeah. They had two little sort of supplementary games that came out a couple years ago, uh, as pre-release material. Uh, and one of them was basically just that where you trace constellations in the sky and talk about the stories behind the constellations. And and May mentions it. She's like, "Oh yeah, we did this a couple years ago on Longest Night." And Angus is like, "What? No, we didn't. Are you sure you didn't <laughs> just dream that?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. What are you talking yeah. about? And then uh, the other the other supplemental one is I don't remember the name of it, uh, but it it follows one of the the characters uh, from the constellations of the game whose name is Adina, and she's mm, yeah. she's like a, a folklore character. Yeah, and May really likes her because she like heard a lot of fairy tales about her when she was young, yeah, or something like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then you go through all of that, and you find that there's a shadowy figure watching you from the forest. Coincidentally, the same shadowy figure that was the one who took uh, took the the person away from the town. So. You try to and then talk you to it. Run the fuck away. Yeah, you try to talk to it and it doesn't answer, so then you run. Because you are not complete idiots for the most part. Yeah. Well, you are a complete idiot for the most part. Well, yeah, that's true. You're not entirely idiots. Yeah. I should say. <laughs> um the the next one is I mean you can do them in any order. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily this one, then that one, that one, but you know, another one is uh, going to the graveyard to investigate the graveyard with B, uh, which B is happy to take you to the graveyard because she was already going there because she sometimes goes and visits her mom's grave. Uh, and I think there's some dialogue you can hear where she's like sort of having a conversation with her mom if if you choose to listen in, but I didn't do that because I wanted to respect her privacy, so... If, yeah. if either of you, like, know about that dialogue, cool. If not, I guess we're all very respectful. 
Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know what the B one, so. Oh, okay. So we don't know. Something happens there, probably. You can go play the game yourself and find out. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're just sort of investigating headstones and looking for looking for clues to the ghost. Uh, and you end up breaking into a further part of the graveyard and, uh, like, unearthing, <laughs> unearthing a casket and prying it open, which is... So there's, like, a famous ghost in the town named... Uh, Little little Joe, Joe? yeah, little Joe, that's right. That who, sounds right. Who, it just shows up and scares people sometimes. He's like a dead. He's like a dead miner, I think. Yeah, that that something sounds like right. That. Yeah, he died in the strike, or in in the cave in or something. So you find his grave and you open it up, like you open up his casket for whatever reason. Because May makes bad decisions is why. <laughs> because May makes, yeah, May makes bad decisions is why. Oh, so many bad decisions. Uh, and then you see this, again, the same spooky, shadowy figure who May is convinced is a ghost and B says, well, no, you're stupid. It's the groundskeeper or something. Like, there's there's a better, ex- like, someone always has a better explanation. Yeah. Uh, like, Angus says, well, this, it's probably just some guy who lives back out in these woods. Yeah, like, there's parties in these woods all the time. It's probably just some, you know, some revelers or something. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's going to the graveyard with B. Who Does anybody want to and talk about the Historical Society? Oh, yeah. So you, um, you break into the Historical Society building, which you don't have to do, as, as B points out, because they have, like, tours of it during the daytime. You could just go during the daytime. But the article said, like, ghost shows up at night, so you break into it at night, um, and you're just, like, wandering around with Greg uh, in the building, and it's full of elevators for some reason that are, like, specific use, because they, like, only go to one other floor each. There's, like, five different elevators. (laughs) And uh, you find, like, an old map room with, like, a historical, like, map of the town, um... And then you, like, you hear somebody coming, and so you're trying to stay ahead of them around the, uh, around the building. And it's, it's actually, like, really creepy and tense. It is. Because, like, Greg is trying to pick, pick the lock on the elevator, which doesn't make sense to me. Because that's, I, not, as far as I know, not how elevators work, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, but, like, he's trying to pick it, and, like, you can hear the thing getting closer, and you have to, like... You know, there's it's it, it's there's nothing you can actually do. It's just like written to be very tense. Yeah, and it is it is super tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you basically gotta just try and keep ahead of this person and then uh, get the heck out. Mm-hmm. And then as you're leaving, you see like the shadow of the the guy in one of the windows briefly, and it's like the same guy. Yeah, that that one was by far the creepiest out of all of them. Uh, yeah, and it's it's not even like you have to execute any any sort of like precision of timing or movement. It's just written in a very very compellingly tense way. Yeah. Um yeah, so after that you you basically end up in the woods and and you do all the stuff. Uh you you find the people and they're talking about uh throwing throwing one of their own down into the pit because he screwed up and it turns out that that's the guy who 
dropped the arm that you found the first day, but they never <laughs> explain why he had the arm or what they were doing with the arm. Yeah, where that arm came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's fine. Uh, and then you run away and they chase you and May falls off of like a, a, a cliff or a drop or something and ends up in the hospital for a couple of days. And when she gets out of the hospital, she's still all delirious and fucked up, but somehow like leaves her house and goes over to Angus and Greg's apartment. Yeah. And everyone's extremely worried. Yeah, she makes some really questionable decisions, as we mentioned. And, like, these are some of the most questionable. Because she's also then with her friends and sneaks out of, like, hanging out with them to try and go back into the woods when she can, like, barely walk. Yeah. You're like, May, May, what are you doing? Yeah. Um... This is a terrible idea. Stop that. Yeah, and, and, and that's when all of the whole final confrontation in the cave happens you meet the cult they tell you what's happened you... yeah it's not actually a cave it's like a abandoned yeah, it's mine a, shaft. it's an abandoned mine shaft yeah um i guess that's a form of a cave but you're you're more you're more <laughs> correct than i am for sure it's uh, creepier than a cave yeah because uh, as 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 may put it it's old and it's just sitting there and it's so old <laughs> yeah i mean that could describe a cave yeah, True. but this is like a thing that people made and then abandoned. Like things that are abandoned are creepy. And it, we like sort of already established that people kind of died there. Yeah. So, so it's True. it's got that. Like pre- people had died and then now more people are dying because of crazy conservative uncles uh throwing them down a pit. Yep. Uh, and then all of, you know, the whole escape scene happens. You kill the guy, you come out of the well, Germ offers you dynamite. <laughs> um, you you recognize, the you acknowledge the fact that you probably killed all those guys. Yeah. And uh, get on with your lives. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's sort of the end. Um, there's, then you have like one more day and everyone sort of talks about what happened and again comes to a not quite happy ending where it's like wow a whole bunch of of shit just happened and we don't understand it and we probably never will understand it but we kind of just have to keep going do the best yeah do the best we can with with our lives (laughs) and the the game ends on kind of an awkward silence which is sort of beautiful (laughs) yeah yeah that's Uh, it we we talked about i think i mean we didn't talk about like the party yeah, there's there's a party early on where like May as usual gets like fucks things up and gets really sick. Um, there's also uh, the dream sequences mm-hmm. uh, where like periodically throughout the game, every time you go to sleep, you get like these really weird surreal dream sequences that happen in like sort of parts of the town that you've like learned about or been reading about or you know have have come up narratively. And you have to, like, find these hidden musicians and turn on these old lamps. And it's just really, like, it's all in, like, these, like, black and neon colors. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, I love that. It's very atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, also, there's a dream sequence where you have a baseball bat and get to be yeah, shit destroy up. everything. Yeah. That was... Satisfying. It was. It was pretty satisfying. Uh, 
Uh, and then there's the dream sequence where you, you meet a giant cat, and you have a conversation with it, and it seems like it might be God, but it doesn't care, and it doesn't want to talk to you, which prompts, you know, some more questions about religion and what is God? Is there a God? Does God care? Uh, and this, this cat, this giant cat is pretty, it doesn't really have any time for your bullshit, but it tells yeah, you... it's mostly annoyed by you. <laughs> yeah, and it tells you about how there's a hole at the center of everything, and they, they, some kind of, I don't know, implied, like, Lovecraftian, old, uncaring, old, chaotic gods are in this hole, and they're gonna sort of devour everything. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, which so may or may not be like a prescient, like vision that she's having related to this cult. Yeah, but or, it's sort of very weird and ambiguous. Yeah, you know, it's either it's either this is literal and it is happening, or May is severely, you know, not like you know she's having a mental breakdown and cannot cope with it and isn't getting the help she needs and is delusional. I'm, I'm gonna say both. it could go I'm either say way. May need some pills. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I yeah. think there's like a little bit of supernatural element, but also May really could use some some pills that work. Yeah, um, some medication. But the uh, it it's funny what it reminded me of uh, more than anything else was um, twin not Twin Peaks, although also Twin Peaks. Yeah. This game reminds me so much of Twin Peaks because it's all about like this sort of small town with an underlying dark secret stuff. Yeah. Um, like very strong influence there. But I was actually going to say uh, True Detective. I haven't watched True Detective. I've so, heard it's very good. Eh. Um, I actually was not a huge fan. <laughs> um, but it's... So True Detective has a lot of this like hints at this like, you know, Cthulian horror type stuff in the background, but mostly the story ends up actually being about the people involved. And then at the end, it's sort of very ambiguous of whether anything actually was supernatural or if it's all in, like, one of the characters' heads. And so it's got kind of that same arc. I felt this one followed through on the ending a little bit better. I was a little disappointed with the uh, lack of supernatural horror stuff. At the end of True Detective, I was uh-huh. hoping they would go more whole hog on that. Yeah, that they did. I guess but... if if we're talking about things that this reminded us of, uh, <laughs> this so <sighs> Night in the Woods reminds me of an operetta that I saw once uh, called The Medium by uh, Giancarlo Minotti, and it's <laughs> it's about a like a spirit medium in. I don't, I don't actually know what time period it takes place in, but uh, a spirit medium, you know, who takes people's money and claims to contact their dead loved ones, but she's actually full of shit and is just taking advantage of these people. Uh, but over the course of the, of the show, she starts actually seeing visions. And throughout the show and at the end of the show, it's ambiguous as to whether she's actually seeing visions and it's driving her insane or if it's the other way around and she's going insane and and her mental state is causing her to see visions mm-hmm. uh and it's it's never really resolved uh good good songs in that one it's it's dark <laughs> all like the the same the same composer also has uh a, another show called uh Amon and the Night Visitors 
which is about a boy who receives the receives the stigmata. So he writes some pretty dark, uh, yeah. pretty dark content, but I recommend it. Um, okay. So yeah, that's that's what it reminded me of. A weird direction to go for a video game, but you know, <laughs> hey, but there you have it. <laughs> it's definitely very different than anything else in terms of games. Yeah. Uh, but there was one more thing I was going to say regarding um, her dream about God. Um, there's kind of an interesting conversation you can go and have with the pastor after you have that dream. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, if you talk to her, and she's, like, she tells you, you ask her about, like, you know, do you believe in God? And she's, you know, she talks about how, like, faith is kind of variable, and, you know, you, you know on her best days, she really does. But, like, faith is a process, and it's not just a thing. And, like, May gets, like, really angry about that. Like, you know, you're you're supposed to be the one who, like, believes. You're the one who's preaching to everyone else that they should believe. And, like, if you don't even believe, like, what's even the point of you? And it's, like, it's like really vicious and angry. Yeah, basically calling the pastor a hypocrite. Yeah. You know, and accusing her of lying, which I, I also got that dialogue. And it seemed really... I was surprised by uh, the... Uh... Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, May, don't be a bitch. Like, this is really, that's really harsh. Yeah, because up until that point, you know, it's it's clear because her mom works at the church and it's clear that her mom is really religious and would like for May to go to church, but she's not yeah. gonna, and you know, force Like, May it. maybe used to be religious when she was a little kid because, like, her family made her go to church mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and it it was it that that was strange to me because up until that point she had seemed mostly pretty ambivalent about religion in in general. Um so yeah, that 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 also surprised me, but uh, Yeah, you know. she has like this real crisis of faith with the idea that like maybe God just doesn't care at all or is just kind of annoyed mm-hmm. by by like people's existence Mm -hmm. and even even because you you can ask the giant cat thing if it's god and it says no i'm not god and then you tell pastor kate like i think i talked to god but it said it wasn't god and she's like well if it tells you probably believe things when they say they're not god if it says it's not god it's probably not god uh which i don't know i'm inclined to agree with that but i also (laughs) i also am pretty ambivalent towards religion yeah you know it's fine, but it's not for me, I guess. So, yeah. Let me see if I have uh, if I have uh, any any other notes. Carl, did you have any other pieces of media that you wanted to compare the the game to? Yeah. <laughs> not media, but like one of the discussion with like May and her mom. That got me so emotional. Oh, which one? Because. Uh, it was like when the mom tries to bring up the subject of what happened in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had a pretty similar discussion with my mom, and God, I had to take a break after that. Yeah. There are a lot of kind of hit close to home moments in this game. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, 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 I too had a mental breakdown when I was twenty and dropped out of school. So, it, it was, uh, yeah, a lot of it hit pretty close to home. Good writing. <laughs> you didn't start having like psychic dreams about cults, though. I didn't. Presumably. I didn't have psychic dreams about cults. I was just pretty suicidal for a while. But I'm better now, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, there's. So, oh, so this is. I'm looking at my like list of notes, and the first one, like un- unrelated to any of the story stuff, one thing that kind of bothered me about the game mechanically is the in the platforming segments. Sometimes it can be really tough to tell what is and isn't a platform, yeah, and like yeah. where the edge of a platform is because there's like some stuff where you can go on the platform or you can go down, and the line at which it changes is really ambiguous. Yeah. I also noticed that uh, when you were walking on the tightropes, if your jump happened to land within a certain distance of where the power line connects to, you know, more solid ground, like a solid ledge or something, you would just, yeah, you would just go through and (laughs) miss the jump, even though you clearly landed on either the ground or the, the ledge or the power line. But for some reason, uh, probably just a hit detection issue, you would just kind yeah. of go through and fall. Yeah, which... the plat the platforming physics were like not a hundred percent there. They were like ninety ninety percent there or ninety five percent there. Yeah. But there was just like a few frustrations uh, in that uh, sort of in that part. Yeah, which you know, you do a lot of platforming, but the platforming isn't really necessary, so. I can't get too mad about it, but I did definitely notice it, and I did definitely, like, have a jump that I missed twice because of the same thing and had to, like, climb all the way back up. Yeah, there's there's definitely some moments where you actually go, like, oh, come on! Yeah. Like, I had that. Yeah. But it did feel cool getting up to, like, the highest point on on the map and, you know, having a little dialogue option where you're looking out over the town. So, I don't know. It felt it felt rewarding when you when you got up there. And also, my my backer graffiti was on like the highest part of the 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 second to most uh, western map. The the map where like the snack falcon is, like at the very top of a building. So I was pretty. I don't know. Nice. I was I was happy that I was all the way up there. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, that was a backer award. Yeah, it was... So this this game, like, was in kickstarting when I had a full-time job and money to throw at these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. at the... I think it was the $75 tier, uh, you could, you know, submit a little bit of text and it would show up as graffiti somewhere in Possum Springs. So what's, so. Uh, what's your graffiti? So oh. we can go look for it. Oh, it's dumb and I'm embarrassed, <laughs> but uh, it's it's... Me and my boyfriend's initials and and an inverted pentagram. That's what <laughs> I reco- that's what I requested. That's a very Possum Springs sort of uh, sort of graffiti. It really is. It's it's because and this was at the, like the beginning of our relationship. Like we hadn't been together more than a couple of months at this point, <laughs> which was probably a stupid decision, but hey, we're still together, so it, it works. That could have been awkward. It could yeah. have been. Um, but no, we had watched, like, a really dumb YouTube video about, um, sort of, like, in, like, the mid to late 90s, I remember there being a lot of, like, satanic panic, and, mm-hmm. like, in lots of towns, people would be like, oh, they're doing satanic rituals. Because I know it, it happened in my hometown uh, as well. Mm-hmm. 
there was a lot of talk about like people going to graveyards and doing rituals, even though it was probably just stupid teenagers. Uh, and it was like an investigative report on some local access channel in some city that we found on YouTube. And like they went to a park and <laughs> they had like, you know, some teens had like spray painted pentagrams on the trees. So that was a dumb inside joke for us for a long time was like, oh, no, the pentagrams. So, <laughs> so that's. That's the story I see. behind uh, uh, K plus E inverted pentagram. So if you if you find that on a roof somewhere, now you have secret insider knowledge about about uh, Night in the Woods that other people don't have. Yeah, you listen to this podcast. I really I really yeah. like looking at the graffiti and like wondering what it means. <laughs> Because it's all, cute. it's all, it's all personal. It's all stuff like that. Yeah. Like right, awesome. right next to mine is like a little drawing of a snake, and I'm like, who put that snake there? What does that snake mean? <laughs> I bet it's a cute story. So, yep. so yeah, that's great. Huh. I'm, I'm happy that 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 came up because like I'm glad to get to know that. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's a cute thing. I'm glad. I'm glad I you know, put in money at that tier. <laughs> that I had money for that at one point. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think that's, I mostly what I have in my notes at least. Yeah. I think we, I mean, there's, there's like scenes that we could probably talk about. Like, I don't know. You, you have a scene with your mom where you talk about stuff. If you go talk to your mom at the church every day, but I don't know. I don't think we really Do you have get a to. corresponding sc- scene with your dad at any point? I, I know you can watch a lot of Garbo and Malloy, which is like the in, in-world TV show, which is kind of weird and cute and ridiculous. I don't think you do. Um, I think the closest thing you get is like on that sort of last post-game day. Uh, you talk to your dad and, and he says that he's quit his job at the Ham Panther and they're, they're going to try to get a union together. And if you found the tooth, you give him the tooth. Um, but there's, there's I like, don't... He has half a journal page that's empty, though, which yeah. makes me think like there's something that goes there. And I, I actually looked it up because like after I'd played it through a couple of times mm-hmm. and I still had, you know, big holes that I couldn't that I didn't know uh, what would go there. And I looked it up and I didn't see anything about there being another scene for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think people are still maybe puzzling out some of the empty spaces. That could be so. It is I, a fairly recent game. Yeah, I, I saw someone saying that they had found, like, the, the highest number of sketches that they had found, or that anyone had found was, like, 90-something, like, 96 or something. So, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And, I mean, not not all of them come from big scenes. Some of them just come from, like, looking at a statue, and you get mm-hmm. a little drawing of it. Um, so, Yeah. A lot of stuff. I'll look forward to like someone having a complete version of the journal someday that like can browse through. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking as I was playing this about the sort of irony of it being like this perfect game, like about the millennial mindset and like the sort of things we worry about and the sort of things that like, you know, are, are kind of, view of the world and uh, you know our, our like biggest concerns and things like that and yet like no one from the generation for whom it would be like new and relevant information will ever play this because like 
people from the generation above ours mostly don't play video games, and if they do, they probably don't play this one. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of sad, because I feel like there are a lot of people for whom, like, if you sat them down and said, this, this is how millennials think about your generation. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, oh. But it also feels like this game is sort of preaching to the choir. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It's like the, so I'm the not people sure it will, if, if it would do well towards other people. I don't know if it would do well, but I would. I would think it would be. I would hope at least it's. It would be informative. Like I don't know if they would quote unquote like it, but it would at least be like as an art piece. Like, hey, if you were actually curious about how this generation like thinks, here is an example of like a piece of art they made about their own mindset. Yeah. And, you know, like, go for it. But, like, most of the people for whom you could, that would be a useful thing to tell them, like, would never play this game. Yeah. And, I mean, I I don't know. I guess in some ways that's, like, sort of a shame. But on the other hand, it's it's good to have something like this made for people like us. Because it says, hey, someone else, like, you know, you're not alone in thinking slash feeling this way you know th- someone yeah, else understands do. yeah 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 that's i don't true. really care i just want to play games <laughs> yeah i feel it yeah so. i mean that's that's also part of the attitude of this game is right it's like eh, screw it we're just making the best we can with what we have yep yep i think this so yet another comparison of media thing for me this game had some things in common with um with undertale actually in the sense that i wasn't really sold on it until after i was done with it Hmm. right like undertale i i ended up loving but not until like like third or fourth act did I did it really sell me on like oh this is actually really interesting <laughs> and this one it wasn't until like act four and things started wrapping up where I'm like oh okay I kind of see I get the perspective of this now and like what it's trying to say and like actually okay yeah I will I will agree that this is a pretty good game yeah I'm not as sold on this one as I was on Undertale but that's you know that's another yeah that's another can of worms I mean, yeah, they are very. There, there are similarities, but at the at the end of the day, they're extremely different games. Yeah, they have they have a they have very different mindsets. I would say Undertale comes down on a much more hopeful note than this one ultimately does. Yeah, it's not hopeless, but it's more of like a you know like eh, you know the life is what we make it, and we got to just deal with it. Yeah, it's, sort of attitude. Know, do the best with what you got. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah. I think we said a lot on this. We did say we... we did say a lot on this. I'm sitting at about uh two a little over two hours recording. Yeah. Which is a little a little less because we did a little talking. Before. Uh still still not gonna beat our, our record, which is uh uh brothers. Oh, no. Uh, but nothing will ever be on record, hopefully. Stardew Valley, I think, is the one that has come closest. Yeah. Stardew Valley was, was Wow, did we have that long. much to say about Stardew Valley? We have, I guess we did. I think, I think our top three still are uh, Brothers, uh, Stardew Valley, and Undertale. 
I think are our, okay. our top three so far. I'd have to I'd have to go look again, but yeah, we really right, well, we really blew our load on, on the first episode. Um, arguably, we didn't quite know what we were doing yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there there were a lot of narrative beats to go through in Brothers. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, this was a uh, this is really interesting. I'm I I haven't played anything quite like it. I'm not sure I want to play anything else quite like it. I think it's a very singular sort of experience. I This is the kind of experience that lives and dies on its writing. Yeah. And yeah. and this would this game would have been fucking awful if it if the writing hadn't been so good. So so and that's not saying that like oh it's a bad game it's just it's so heavily narrative focused that it really needs that writing and a lot of writing in games isn't up to this level. Yeah. So. so yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a very strong and it, I definitely had part of the problem maybe why it didn't resonate as strongly for me cuz like I've been seeing all over Twitter people being like this is my favorite game ever, right? You know like Oh yeah. Like very it clearly like definitely touched a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I have a very hard time relating to May because I was yeah. a, <laughs> I was a very good girl <laughs> growing up like I was there were so many times where I'm like, May, no, make better decisions. Yeah, I I I feel the same way you did. Like despite having a similar initial college experience, it's just like a lot of times I just wanted to shake her. I just wanted to grab yeah. her by her shoulders and shake her and ask her, Why are you like this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know. Just not unrealistic. It's just personally for me somewhat unrelatable because it's it's not like it's a it's a hard mindset for me to put myself into because it's so very different from my own yeah uh uh, when my boyfriend was playing it he's like wow may is just tumblr like she's (laughs) tumblr the character and i'm like i mean i feel like that's and we, we talked about it and we came to the conclusion that that's definitely intentional uh yeah i think to some extent she is although um to some extent so is b in yeah. a certain way, they're they're different. They're different parts of Tumblr. It depends mm-hmm. on it depends on what part of Tumblr you go to, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's a night in the woods. Yeah. I think we're all trying to decide if we have anything else to say, but I'm not going to say anything else. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, I think I've said I've said everything on my notes list, and I had a pretty extensive notes list. Yeah, but yeah, I'm done. It was a cool experience. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad I kickstarted I, it. It was worth the wait. I hope since since clearly anyone listening to this has already played it because we told you to go play it, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I hope you I hope you listener also enjoyed playing it. Um, this this is a good this is a good uh, good um, thing for Kickstarter to have as a you know. As a record story, yeah. As a success story, because it's you know it took a while, but it came out and it's good, and uh, you know hopefully people will will fund more things like that. Yeah. Just a, a very a cool. very of our time uh, piece. Yeah. Of of media. Very much, very much the voice of the current generation in and all its like anxieties. Yeah. So, all right. All so, right. shall I talk about our next game? Yes. Before we before we like get onto another tangent, <laughs> go for it. To, com- 
to completely switch gears. So our next game is going to be a game called Zoombinis. Uh, Z-O-O-M-B-I-N-I-S. Is, uh, is the full title, what, like, the lo- the logical journey of the Zoombinis or something so, like that? So the, this game is called Zoombinis. It is based on, it is a remake of a 1996 game called The Logical Journey of the Zoombinis. Okay. If you look up box art for The Logical Journey of the Zoombinis, you will notice that The Logical Journey is in huge text, and then Zoombinis is in, like, really small text next to it. <laughs> so it's very clear what they were trying to emphasize about this game. Yep. Uh, they so failed. game... <laughs> Well, I mean, Zumbinis is the more interesting part of the title, and it is that's probably why they picked it for the, the remake. But anyway, so uh, The Logical Journey of the Zumbinis was a 1996 game um, that came out uh, at a time when, like, educational games were a really big thing. Uh, you know, you had your, your math blasters and your spelling jungles and your, you know, Oregon trails and all this stuff. And uh, so... For you know, some of those entries were better than others, obviously. Uh, and one I played the heck out of was uh, was Logical Journey of the Zumbinis. And it's not it's not an educational game in the sense of like teaching a particular like school topic. It's just a series of like traditional logic puzzles, loosely connected by a narrative thread. Um, and and I mean very loosely, like justified by like this sort of overarching thing that has really nothing to do mostly with what you're doing in the game. Um, but because it's recently been like remade and re-released on Steam, uh, I'm very curious as to how it holds up. Because I remember playing the heck out of this and really liking it a lot as a kid. But when I think about it sort of from a distance, I remember a lot of things about it that seem like very questionable design decisions. So it's possible that it's actually terrible. <laughs> but I don't know, and so I'm super curious to find out uh, by replaying it. And the, the remake, by the way, advertises that they maintained uh, the original voice acting from the 1996 version. So yeah. we, might, we might be in for some real treats here. Yeah, if that's, if that's a selling point, man, this voice acting is probably hilarious. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it maintains the original voice acting for the guide, the pizza trolls, and the stone stone guardians, or something wait, like that. Back up, pizza trolls. <laughs> yeah, so one of the logic one of the logic games is a is basically the game Mastermind, but you're assembling pizzas for a series of trolls. Um, where they want, like, different stuff on their pizza, but they won't tell you exactly what, and you have to make pizzas for them and then guess based on their reactions what the actual correct pizza is. Wow. I, <laughs> that's, that's another blast from the past, Mastermind. I used to play that with my dad a lot when I was small. And I completely yeah, can you make a bad pizza? I guess you can make a pizza that the pizza troll doesn't like. Yeah, the pizza troll wants, like, <sighs> the pizza trolls want specific toppings on their pizzas. But anyway, so it's all little things like that. Like, you have to, ca- like, cross this lake, and there's a bunch of lily pads, but your Zumbinis can only step on, like, certain ones in certain patterns, and, gotta, you know, you have to get across. And hmm. it's, just, it's just all little games like that. So we'll, uh, we'll try it out. It's 10 bucks on Steam. Um, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it does in, uh, in terms of standing the test of time.
I'm I'm also looking. Um, apparently, you can just you can just find the original version of the game as abandonware, which could be another option if you don't want to shell out ten bucks. And it looks like it's also available um, uh, on the the uh, iTunes store for the new for one or the old one. The new one uh, looks like. So, oh yeah, he's on the App Store. So that could be another option for five bucks. Maybe maybe I'll, I might. Also, I, I mentioned this uh, before we started recording. I I, I got wind of a uh, a parody game of this that I that I might. Uh, look at and and maybe talk about because it was uh, interesting, uh, and I, I watched a little bit of it, and I'm interested to see where the fuck that comes from. Uh, so that I might might look into that as well. Okay. So yeah. All right. Genies. So you guys have a couple weeks at least. We may end up extending this one. We'll see based on people's schedules. Yep. Uh, but assume assume two weeks to start with. Yep. Uh, to play this game, try it out. See what you think. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of I don't know. We've never done an educational game, so this will be interesting. Except maybe sort of the cat in the coup. Yeah, that's true. We we did. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah yeah. It's it's Ish. a little more it, of an it's abstract. A, it's like a it's a historical game. Yeah. More than an educational game, but yeah. Yeah. Also, it's different, like, target audience. Yeah, for sure. Huh. All right. I'm trying to look... I'm looking through our list to see if, like, there was anything else that we did that could be considered educational, but no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Pony Island? Well... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of education value in Pony Island. Oh, but... uh, never, never Alone could arguably be considered That's true. an educational game. It had yeah. a lot of educational content in it. Yeah, that is true. Um... Yeah. All right. Well, Frog Fractions was a game about math. Yes, it was. And bugs. And bugs. Yes. And other things. Yeah. There, there, there was a the, a small economy simulator in Frog Fractions. Uh, yeah, bug porn. Yeah, bug porn. It's what the people need. Anyway, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Uh, I I am Kelso. Hello. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Uh, if if you are interested in joining us on the podcast, perhaps for the next episode, perhaps you played a lot of Zumbinis as a small child and would like to, to uh, play it again, relive that, talk about it with us. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. I we would be happy to have you. That's Hi. that's about it. Hi. Uh, I am Kyla. I do a weekly stream on Sunday mornings called Uncaged Fury um, which is really like a terrible namesake because it's a game, it's a, it's a stream where we pay, play games very slowly um, and somewhat poorly uh, and right now we're playing Wind Waker uh, so that's been a ton of fun we got like absolutely zero things done today in the two hours I was playing because I spent the entire time charting the ocean uh, so that's worth it if, if if that sounds fun to you, you can uh, find me at twitch.tv slash cagetiger with a K uh, and follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go to, uh, to see like scheduling changes and stuff about that. Yeah, and you can follow me on the Twitters at, at Skugbree. Yeah, yeah, do that. 
eventually he's, he's, someday he'll ship a board game and he'll tell you yeah. all about it. About, about stacking hats on cats. It'll be amazing. Yes. Oh, all right. We'll, we will see you in two weeks. We will talk about Zumbinis. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.